Samsung. Appreciate that. All right, good to see you tonight. Thanks for coming and being part of service tonight. Let's turn our Bibles, please. If you could pick up Luke chapter 4 and then also Mark chapter 9 this evening. We'll, we'll turn to those two places in a bit. But we read there this, um, this evening just the portion of Scripture there in Isaiah chapter 58. And we're going to continue our, our thought from last week on prayer and fasting. And I'm just so glad that we have a God who really he said in his word we can seek him. And we can come to him with our requests. And, and certainly as, as the, our group sang uh, this evening, just the, the thought of bowing our knee. And just coming and seeking the Lord in, in our time of need. And I'm just so glad we have, a, uh, we have a, a God who just is willing to be sought that way. And, um, you know, as I was listening to that, I just couldn't help but just reflect on times when I did seek the Lord. And, and yet there still needed to be more. And, um, and really that's what we've been talking about. And when stand prayer is powerful. And that God blesses and then answers prayer. Whoa. Didn't know I was that loud. But there are times when prayer needs to be highlighted in order to see, for God to see our seriousness, our neediness, our brokenness before him. And we read there in Isaiah chapter 58, and, and that, that chapter begins with this, cry aloud and spare not. And really what it was saying there was, you know, you ought to seek the Lord in a, in a in a sincere way, and yet the people were going through the motions. And whilst we're talking about prayer and fasting, we're not talking about just going through and doing something religious. We're talking about a sincerity. We're talking about where he said there, is not this the fast that I've called you to? And, and what fasting is, it's powerful. In Isaiah 57, verse 15, so the, the chapter before that, says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a, notice this, a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. And, and God is, is looking at those who would be broken and contrite in, all, in order to, to revive them. And, and that's what really what he was saying was come, come to me with a sincerity and a brokenness if you are in a place of need. And we're going to see in a little bit that it's required, if we're going to see God work in our lives in, in, in certain levels of things, when we're truly seeking the Lord for some things that are, that are serious and, and we need a greater measure of, uh, of His working in our lives, that there are certain levels and certain authorities and forces that can only be overcome by something that is paired with praying. We've been talking about it, fasting. And we need to recognize the power found in fasting. And uh, we define that really simply as, as seeking God by, by withholding food and at times drink to be able to see God and seek Him in a greater way. And so this week, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about why fast. Okay, some reasons to fast, when to fast. And then also then the outcomes, what, what does fasting accomplish in our lives? All right, so why fast? Why fast? Really, it weakens us to be needy. Now, fasting is a spiritual activity. It causes us to depend upon God. It communicates to God 
that we absolutely need Him and nothing else can sustain us. So we know the verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, where the Bible says, And He said unto me, This is Paul, my grace. This is Jesus communicating to Paul, My grace is sufficient for thee. Why? For my strength is made perfect in weakness. You know, um, sometimes we posture to God our strengths. Sometimes we approach God and we, we try to tell Him all about what we've accomplished. How strong we are, how faithful we are. And, and we go through all of this and we, we actually, we're, we're, it's, it's counterintuitive to what He's requesting. He's saying His grace is sufficient, but His strength, it's His strength, is made perfect in our weakness. And God is attracted to our weakness. And fasting weakens us to be to the, to the point of neediness. You know, I think, again, we live in a society and we live in a time where, you know, it's not, we don't like to admit our weaknesses, right? We don't readily admit that to others. And yet God, who knows everything about us, He already knows where we're weak. He already knows that actually in all reality, although we build ourselves up and we do all we can to strengthen who we are, the reality is we're weak. We're weak. And, and we live in a society where I think we're not careful. We approach God a little bit that way with all of our strengths. Again, it reminds me of the church of Laodicea, where the Bible says that you thought you were rich and you abound much, and yet you were poor, naked, blind. And he says, I counsel you to buy of me. And he talks about their being tried, going through affliction. And, you know, again, it's not popular to, to get a sense of our own weakness. And, and yet that's what actually God is attracted to. And, and there's some biblical reasons to fast that, that we're going to observe tonight. The first one is simply this. I think we already said it last week, but it's expected by God. You know, when it comes down to it, we saw in Matthew chapter 6, there was an assumption, moreover, when you fast. And then in Mark chapter 2, verses 18 to 20, speaking about the fact that his disciples weren't fasting in that moment because really they were in a time of feasting. They were with the bridegroom Christ. And the Bible says when the bridegroom is gone, and then they shall fast in those days. And so there's, a, there's an expectation. It's expected by God. And so if it's something that He highlights for us, then it ought to be something that we ought to look at. And, but then secondly, and really importantly, it's for power from God. You know, I think we underestimate what we need from God. I think sometimes when we go and we approach God in uh, the sense of our strengths, we can sometimes fool ourselves into thinking that we can somehow live this Christian life and somehow live victoriously without the power of God in our lives. And yet what fasting does, it again highlights our weakness. And because of that then, it allows us to get a sense of the power of God in our lives. You know, this was evident in the life of even the Lord Jesus. And you understand that Jesus was, was, was God, is God, and he, he lacked nothing. And yet even the Lord Jesus... Notice there with me in Luke chapter 4. Notice verse 1. So he goes, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, 
returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. In those days, he did eat nothing. And when they would ended, he afterward hungered. He was in a fast for 40 days. So, so notice that the situation there. He was full of the Holy Ghost. Now skip down to verse 14 at the end of the, the time of fasting, the end of temptation, that he withstood the devil in verse 14. Notice the difference. And Jesus, notice this, returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. So he began the, the, this journey of, of fasting these 40 days, being full of the Holy Ghost, but he left then in the power of the Holy Ghost. And you see, the Lord Jesus himself, being filled with power, went and the, the Bible tells us that, that the servant is not greater than, the, than his master. And even if the Lord, the Lord Jesus, the perfect man, one without sin, even if, if he would enter into a fast, being full of the Holy Ghost and leaving in the power of the Holy Ghost, how much more do we need the power of God in our lives? Now, the power of God is, is not, it's not a mystery. It's not some cosmic thing that we feel. The, the, the power of God is simply this. It's, it's a greater surrender. It's a greater submission. It's a, it's a lessening of us, and, and it's, a, it's an increasing of Him. You know what it is? The power of God is simply this, a greater dependence on Him. And, and we would do well. You know, sometimes we can, uh, we can go in our own strength, and we can go to a certain, certain uh, level of things, and yet what we see is that in our lives, sometimes the warfare, the battle, and life itself just requires that we need more of God. And I think that as, as churches, as Christians, we see the day that we live in and we can complain all we want about all of the evil and wickedness in the day that we live in. But I want to ask you this question, what are we going to do about it? Because He's given us every measure of Him that as much as, as, as we want of God, we will get of God. And part of that is this time of really coming into sincere Seeking of Him through fasting. I ask you to turn to Mark chapter 9. So turn now to Mark chapter 9. And notice verses 28 to 29. So again, the, the disciples come to Him. They, they couldn't cast out certain devils. And notice verse 28. And when He was come into the house... His disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast him out? Now, he'd already, in their commissioning, he said, you're going to be with me, and I'm going to give you the power to do certain things, cast out devils, so forth. But they find themselves confronted with certain levels in the spiritual realm, a certain level of battle. And what they found, they couldn't do it. And notice Jesus' response, and he said unto them, this kind, so this level, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. And so there's a certain level that requires this, you know, new levels, new devils. I remember years ago, Pastor Fisher told me that, you know, you, you, you enter into a different realm of battle 
in the spiritual life, new levels, new devils. And, and new devils means new levels for us. We've got to fight them the, the way that God wants us to fight them. And, and there's, there's this understanding that, that sometimes what is required, why we need to fast, we require more power from God. We need it. You know, I, I think about um, the, the, earlier this year, we had our youth camp over at Southland. Now, it's been a while because of COVID that, that we had it at all. And I, I, was, I mentioned this already, but youth camp is a special time. Uh, it's been many, many years that we've hosted it. And, and this year, um, what I did, and unbeknownst to me, I was coming here, I just felt pressed that I was going to pass it on. And I passed on. I was a camp director for nearly 20 years. I love camp. I, I ran it. I, I put my heart and soul into it. We, we saw God do a lot of great things. But this year, it was the first time for a long time I wasn't the camp director. It was a big risk for me. And so I passed it on to a couple of young men in our church, uh, some that I had, you know, helped um, just nurture in the ministry. And, and I had a couple of guys there that were just, you know, part of the internship program over there that, that were coming to help during the week. Now, God did some pretty unusual things that week. We... We saw where, where some of the, the preaching from within the, the, the group, some of our leaders in the church, they just preached and God just broke some things open. It was amazing. There were young people who were broken for sin. There were young people who were just, just coming forward with some really deep issues that they were struggling with that they hadn't spoken to anyone about. And, and I, I don't remember a day during that camp, where at some moment we were all crying about something that God had done. It was an amazing time. Now, I look back at that, and, and I remember at the end of the week, I, I just it was just unusual. There had to be some sort of reason for it. So I was sitting with uh, one of our interns, 19-year-old fella, and I noticed that, that and he, this was a young man, he loved, he loved to sing, and he was organizing the music for the week. And, and I just noticed that something was different about him that week. There was some things that I felt like there was highlighting on his life that week. And so I just sat down with him at the end of camp. And I said, hey, I said, what did you think about the week? And he said, oh, it was fine. And he said, I really, I mean, God did some pretty amazing things. So I asked him, I said, so what was your contribution? And he said, Pastor, and with tears in his eyes, I said, he was like, I was just burdened for my friends. I was burdened for, for some of our young people going up through this whole time, and I just knew we needed God. And you know, this young man, he fasted all week at camp. He fasted all week. And, and this is a 19-year-old giving up food. Now, that's a miracle in itself. <laughs> and, and camp food, it wasn't, this was good camp food. I, I can attest to that personally. <laughs> And he gave that up. And you know what he was doing? He was, he was praying. And he had fasted all day because God put it on his heart. And you know what? God broke some things open. We had young people who had deep-seated sins get help that week. We had young people who had really troublesome relationships with mom and dad who came forward to, at the altar and wept for hours and then got counsel and sat with a couple of them, 
And you know what? It was God that did it, but he saw the seriousness of that young man. And you know what it was? It was the power of God. It was the power of God. You can't explain it. If you've never experienced it, you don't get it. But, but you saw, I saw it, and, and you understand, we're in a spiritual battle. Sometimes we, we, don't, we don't quite understand the reality of it. And we sort of wonder. But, but we understand that we are in a spiritual battle, and we won't take the time. But if you look at Daniel chapter 10, verses 11 to 13, another time, we see that there's a spiritual wrestling that, that Daniel went through. And as he was fasting, God gave him an answer in his word. But there was also a revealing of the toll that was happening in the background. Hey, understand this, that, that whilst we see the physical, there's always a spiritual realm that's, that's just as real as what we're seeing right now. And, and they were going through, and there's this, this angelic battle and wrestle. And, and there's a spiritual wrestle that, that we shouldn't underestimate. And there's going to be times where it's going to require fasting to, to be able to help us overcome. In, in Isaiah, we read in 50, verses 58, 1 to 6, it's a, a loosening of the bands of wickedness. There's a, there's a wrestling involved in the, in the Christian life, and we better take great care. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, notice verses 3 to 6 really quickly. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Notice this, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing to captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in readiness to revenge all this disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Notice there in verse 4, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not, just, they're not just physical, obvious things. No, there's a spiritual realm that we need to get into. And what that requires at times is this idea of fasting. And fasting will help you highlight your prayer before God. It'll give you authority to overcome. But it comes by nothing but by prayer and fasting. And I want to say we need some Christians who will give up some of their, their food and some of their time to be able to just seek, the, seek heaven's resources. You know, if we're real about winning our world for Jesus Christ, if we're real about winning the spiritual battle, can I just remind you tonight that, that power belongs to the Lord, that we need the power of God. You know, sometimes the reason we fast is we just understand we just need more power. Sometimes here's another reason why we need to confess in 1 Samuel 7, 6, they gathered together in Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said that we have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of, of Israel in Mizpah sometimes to confess a sin, to confess the, the, just a stronghold in our life. Fasting is involved. It, it's also for humbling. In Deuteronomy 9, 18, And I fell down before the Lord as at the first day, 40 days and 40 nights, I did neither eat bread nor drink water because all of your sins which he sinned in doing wickedly in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. You know, Moses, this was Moses speaking after casting down those original tables of stone in anger of the people worshiping a golden calf. You know, fasting and just brokenness 
And it was really what he was doing. He was humbling himself before God. And you know, really for repentance. We spoke a little bit last week in Jonah chapter 3, how Nineveh, upon repenting of their wickedness before the, the Lord, they fasted. You can see that also in Joel chapter 1 and Joel chapter 2. So another reason why you should fast is for sometimes for repentance. Just understanding where we stand and a changing of mind, a changing of direction. And fasting highlights our turning away and our changed mind. Here's a couple of Bible reasons. And then also, secondly tonight, when to fast. Sometimes to mourn. To mourn is a is a when to fast. Then they in Second Samuel one twelve they mourned and wept and fasted until even for Saul and for Jonathan his son and for the people of the Lord and for the house of Israel because they were fallen by the sword. They were mourning for these that had fallen, but they fasted. Sometimes it's to seek for uh, seek help for private afflictions. You know, uh, David was going through a private affliction in in the loss of that child that he was he had with Bathsheba. We already looked at that, but in 2 Samuel 12, we see David fasted in, in just, just seeking the Lord about that private matter. All right, and then here's, here's one I want to stop on a little bit, but when we're approaching danger, you know, tying into what we were saying earlier, the reason why we need more power, we're in a battle, and in battle, what's inherent is danger. You understand, each and every one of us, again, we're, we're in, a, in spiritual warfare, and there's real battle. You know, sometimes it's physical. Again, if we look at Esther chapter 4, again, uh, just for the sake of time tonight, just have a, have a look at that later on. But remember, when, when the people of God were in danger, Esther asked for a fast, right? She said, um, tell the people, fast, and I will fast also. And if I perish, I perish. In Psalm 35, Verses 11 to 13, David, he also talks about that, that there's just this, this impending danger that was happening. You know, maybe you have a loved one going to a, through, to a dangerous situation. Maybe they're in the, uh, in the services. Maybe they're a policeman or a policewoman. And you know that they're going through, and you know, maybe there's a dangerous situation that they're coming into. It's appropriate to fast for them. All right, we see again in Jonah chapter 3, the city was actually in danger of, of, uh, of this kind of, uh, kind of danger. It was spiritual danger, right? There was another city or another, um, another country, another kingdom that was going to come and overtake them. And, and so they, they're called to a fast because they were in danger. You know, so often we think about our society. And whilst we don't have wars here in Australia, there's some, some other dangers that we look around in society. And you know what we do? We like to complain about it, but what are we doing about it? Right? How serious are we when we see the dangers? And, and yet there's also those spiritual dangers. And I spoke the other day about the fact that um, that. As, as, as a married couple, sometimes you choose to fast and you do away with the physical relationship for a season. Why to fast? You know, I think, I think sometimes we underestimate the spiritual danger our families are in. You know, I think about our, our young people 
who are going through different transitions in their life. They're going to another, um, another season of life. Maybe they've just graduated high school. And all we're thinking about is, oh, I need to help them get a job. Oh, I wonder if how they'll fit in at university. Oh, I wonder how they're going to go with that. Oh, how do they make friends? Listen, they're in danger. And I wonder if we would just take the time to fast. Why? Because of a dangerous potential situation that they might face. I wonder how many times we just come to God in all seriousness. You know, Job, he prayed a hedge around his children. And God still allowed some, some situations to happen there. But Job's attitude was just in case. Let me build a hedge around them. And spiritual danger is around every corner. We won't take the time. But in Acts chapter 27, we see that Paul, he was on his way to be judged in Rome. And we understand that he, they go through and they, they face a storm. Now, Paul was already in a fast. And what he didn't know was, was God was going to give him special wisdom because there was an impending danger. Sometimes we go into a fast without fully knowing the reasons of God, why he placed that on our heart. And the reality is we're about to face a danger where we need greater power and a greater measure of him. And just in preparation, he's preparing you because something's coming up you don't see and I don't see. Would you admit tonight that we're often blind to what tomorrow holds? And you might not know why you're fasting. But God's put it on you to, to fast and to seek Him for some reason. And you never know. You, you never know what danger is coming around the corner. And so it's, it's right for us to fast when there's danger. It's, it's seen also in Acts chapter 13 chapter 14, about the ordination of ministers while they were fasting and praying, seeking the Lord, right? And so coming into times of ordination, and we see that, and, and, and we see that it's appropriate then, but really, lastly, in, in situations, in tight situations where you need to make a decision. Okay, um, we won't, again, take the time tonight, but you can, um, you can look at Ezra chapter 8. Actually, let's turn there. Let's turn to Ezra chapter 8. And notice verses 21 to 23. It says, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava, that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek of Him a right way for us and for our little ones and for all our substance. For I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way. Because we had spoken unto the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all them for the good that seek him. But his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake him. So we fasted and besought our God for this, and we, he was entreated of us. You know, sometimes it's easier to solve it our way, but sometimes what we actually need to do is just seek the Lord in fasting. You know, they were in a tight situation. They had a, they had a goal for the Lord. They had a vision to rebuild the temple, and they found themselves in a tight situation, so they chose to fast. Okay, it's similarly in Nehemiah, when Nehemiah heard about the ruins of the wall in Nehemiah chapter 1, you know what, he, he didn't just go seek out the king straight away, he was the king's cupbearer, he could have just sought a, just a, a direct route from that, but he understood that this was a spiritual thing, he understood that this was more than him, and so what Nehemiah did it was he sought the Lord in fasting. And lo and behold, God was preparing the, the, the heart of the king to supply the need of, of the cupbearer. 
And you know what? It was, it was the filling that he got through the fasting that he had. And so we see that in tight situations, I wonder what our attitude is when we are in a tight situation. You know, here's what we do. We look for many other ways to solve it really quickly. And you know, the reality is, especially in our country of Australia, there, there's probably many ways to solve our problems. But I wonder if we would just seek the Lord about the right way. I wonder if we just take the time to fast and pray and seek the Lord about, Lord, which way? You know, they, they, they were fasting for direction for their little ones. Again, how many of us, when we look at our children, they're at that point of decision-making. Hey, listen, we have a, a good number of our young adults. I always say about, our, about the young adult stage of life, it's the, the time of life where they make the most important decisions, but they're the least equipped to make them. And we do all we can to prepare them. We give them biblical principles. We, we, we teach them. We take them to church. And yet they still have to make those decisions. And I wonder how many of us as parents even take all the time that we need to to help them by just prayer and fasting. Because maybe they're in a tight situation. Maybe they're in a situation that is just, it's make or break. I wonder if we would approach God in prayer and fasting so what does fasting accomplish? Again, we said it already, but it weakens the flesh. You know, we like to strengthen our flesh. But it weakens the flesh. In 1 Corinthians 9.27, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. You know, fasting serves notice to the body that you are the master. It is the servant. Right? It also denies fleshly lusts and appetites. You understand that you have fleshly lusts that you must defeat. And fasting helps you defeat. You know, the Holy Spirit and the flesh, they're opposed. And so when we deny the flesh, then the Holy Spirit can have rain and can flow. Fasting also aligns our appetites to the spiritual. You know, we, we read it earlier, but in Isaiah 58... They were going through the motion, but they were still living in pleasure. And so he said to, to them in verse 6, Is not this the fast? It's to loosen the bands of wickedness. It's to break the yokes. And what that was, it was the yoke of themselves. And listen, too many times we, we allow our, our flesh to reign. And what fasting does is it aligns our appetites to the spiritually... It loosens bands of wickedness. So what does it accomplish? It loosens that. Maybe you're going through a burden. Maybe there's an oppression in your life. Maybe there's some yokes there that you shouldn't be yoked up to. And maybe there's just some things that have caused you to be derailed or, or, or be detoured or be discouraged or be put in doubt of the things of God. Listen. Maybe you've tried every other way except God's way. Maybe you need to come to a fast. But really, at the end, it just highlights our need. And that's what it accomplishes. You know, too many times we shy away from being needy before the Lord. Too many times we want to present our strength when He knows in all reality we're just weak. And, and to, to be weak before Him, it actually it attracts His strength, and that's what we need the most.
we don't need to be strong for ourselves. We need the strength of God in our lives. And, and so I wonder how needy we are. You know, we can, we can take our need and try to solve it through human means. But at times, the situation, the burden, the spiritual warfare requires that we go another level. New levels, new devils. New devils, new levels. And Jesus himself said this, this kind comes by nothing but by prayer and fasting. And, and I, wonder, I wonder where you're at. You know, I, I know that all of us here were in different situations, but I wonder if you would just seek God his way. I wonder if, if we would just, even at times, and, and again, if you've never fasted, there's a bit of preparation. There's some material there. Um, Caleb can hand that out uh, as you, you head out. But prepare ourselves for the fast. But I believe that there's going to be times as we, we move forward as a church where I, I just know God's going to lay it on my heart to, to ask those of us to just come to a, a fast. But I wanted to lay some biblical groundwork there. I know we went fast tonight. So if you want the notes, I'm happy to email them to you in more detail. But you've got some of that on your notes there. But again, uh, I want to encourage you, right? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you again for this time. Lord, thank you for the, the resource that you've given us, the way, Lord, to seek you. Lord, all of us here could do with more of your power in our lives, Lord, to be more submitted to you, to be more dependent on you. So help us, Lord, to be obedient when, we, when you prompt us to fast. Help us, to, Lord, to weaken this, this flesh of ours that so, so easily can overtake. And I pray, dear God, that, Lord, if, if we're facing, Lord, bands of wickedness, Lord, if we're facing yokes that are unbearable, pray that you'd help us to Seek you, Lord, in the way you would have us to seek, to seek you, Lord, through this thing of prayer and fasting. Help each one here, I pray. Help our church, Lord, to uh, be a spiritual church that would seek you the right way. And I pray and ask these things in Christ's most precious, holy, wonderful name.